Okay, well, I just want to bless you again for, for being here, especially those of you that are here for the conference and gang conference, and welcome to you, Joy Landers, who are here, and welcome to those of you online. And uh, to kind of put in a shameless plug, I already did it in the back, but yeah, we this is our regular church service night at 6.30 on Friday, and the number that you guys were given tonight to join, the 33777-33377 and the passcode JOY is what we use every Friday to get on. And we had a little bit of a conversation in the back. If anybody is as in between churches or uh, we were talking with some friends whose beliefs have kind of isolated them, it happens to some of us. You know, we've all got our story. You're more than welcome to, to come. We have other meetings throughout the week. I won't go into all that detail, but it's easy to find. But you'd be very welcome. Uh, tonight won't be exactly normal. It'll be... Uh, super normal, better, better, better than normal probably, but there are some elements on our Friday night service that are pretty fun. When the Lord spoke to us a few years ago about taking the message online, uh, my concept of online church, not to be offensive to anybody, but was you got to watch it in your pajamas and pay your tithes. And that was about as deep as I thought. But I, I asked the Lord, you know, what do you, what do you mean? He said, I want you to make it relational. So we have an open mic every, uh, every Friday. We try to get time in for questions. Uh, we're just starting a new study coming up uh, uh, in about a week, I think, week and a half, that is exclusively for questions for people that we're reaching out. I'm going to have some people help me host it, and they can ask anything at all about the Scripture or about God or about spiritual life. And so if you find yourself in transition and you need a church, temporary, want to make a full-time home of it, uh, just pop in, keep the information you got to get on tonight, and it'll get you on next Friday. But uh, I'm excited. I so appreciate you guys. Uh, I was excited the f first time, last time, when, when you let us into a Shabbat service. And I was even more excited this time because I knew what I was getting into. And uh, so I am super, super excited. I'm super excited. So have fun. Uh, I've got a, a, a little friend, Shekinah, here. And I'm sure there's going to be some dancing tonight. Is there? We must. We must. Okay. Because so, I promised her that, that we could. And, uh, and I, I made her promise me that she'd be in the thick of it. So, Father, we thank you for this evening. We thank you for these beautiful people. We thank you, Jesus, for the life that you've not only given us, but you've extended to us. That it's an unlimited well, not only of access through the veil of your body, but of the life that, that everything in Scripture and everything in life and all that your Spirit does stirs up in us and, and causes us to hunger for. And we don't want to be like those that, that thought we could find life in the Scripture by itself and not come to You. So tonight we come. Tonight we come. And we love. We love the Scripture. We love what You stir in us. But we realize, Lord, that, that in every facet of it, it draws us into Your presence. And so we say thank You. Thank You. Thank You. And I just bless You and I bless the leaders uh, I bless you for what you're bringing tonight, and may it find a, a, a place, a fresh and a new place in the heart of everybody here. In Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. Thank you so much, Pastor. Thank you so much to your congregation for letting us come and speak with you tonight on, it's kind of interesting to me that your normal service is on Shabbat. <laughs> Just wanted to say, 
Shabbat is not about being Jewish. Shabbat is about being conformed to his image. Shabbat is about W-W-Y-D. What would Yeshua do? This is uh, my Israeli sister. Amen. Bashem Yeshua. Rach Badam Yeshua. Nachon? Ani Ohevet Otach. And I'm going to know what you said next year. You already know on the inside. You're just going to put it here. So, the worst thing you could do is to hear today that you have to do Shabbat. Because you've immediately killed the purpose for Shabbat. The second worst thing that you could do is to never think about Shabbat again. In this new era, We are being called to challenge every theology that has raised itself against the truth of who Messiah is. And to step away, to have the courage to see what have I taken on? Whose image am I? Am I the image of Constantine? Am I the image of a denomination? Am I the image of a culture? Or am I the image of heaven itself? If we're going (laughs) to be his image, then we have to let him be who he is because he's the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. He kept Shabbat. He's keeping it now. You ascenders, if you will broaden your view on Shabbat in heaven, you will see a scene that's been going on for time immortal and will always go on. It's the eternal Shabbat that we get to step into. It's time for the mature sons and daughters to pack the bags and move out of the home. Our mothers and fathers raised us well. They taught us. We love our mothers and fathers. You shall honor your mother and father that your days may be long. Some of your mothers and fathers were the church system. But you are not little children anymore. You know him. You love him. And it's time that you move forward in your practice and in your outward life and in your expressions of all that is. And that is not being Jewish. It is being biblical. So good. So good. Now, Slicham Motek. 
There's these group of people called the Rebbies. And they want to tell you how to do Shabbat because after all, it's ours. That's not true. It's ours. And the worst, this, what I said before, the worst thing that you could do is to put yourself under what someone else would tell you Shabbat looks like. We are a free people through the blood of Messiah Yeshua, right? Yes. You want to stay free, right? Yes. Because you can't grow if you're not free. And if you're not free, you'll look like someone else. You'll be dependent upon their revelation, their teaching, their understanding, their denomination, their culture, their country. And this era ain't about any of that. It's about those unique ones. Those ones who have the chutzpah to step out of all the systems to be themselves. And they remember that there are ten commandments, not nine. There are ten commandments, not ten suggestions. If you want to take out, you shall honor the Sabbath day and keep it holy. You must also take out for Yahweh so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever should believe in him, who's the him? I know that's what you learned your first week. Now we're two years later in your walk with the Lord. Who's the him? Yahweh. <laughs> Only if you believe that Yeshua is in Yahweh and that they're one. It's all about Yahweh. And the purpose for Yeshua was to bring us to who? Yahweh! Our Father! Yes. Well, Yeshua wants to do that with you tonight. He just wants to come and sit beside you. Be more than your brother. I know that's a problem for us. He's our brother. So we like to tease him a little, punch him every now and then, you know. Sorry, bad Jewish joke. <laughs> Only the Jews cringed on that. <laughs> but some of you fell so in love with Yeshua that you stopped with him. And it's time to let Yeshua take you. He's not going to say, hey, get on down the road and go see my father. He wants to take you by the hand, by the heart, and teach you now about Yahweh. Does that make sense? Yahweh loves the Sabbath. He said some pretty strong things about the Sabbath. And so the question for you tonight is, not should you keep the Sabbath, but how are you going to keep it? Amen. To ignore it will keep you bound to a system that told you that you are free from the Sabbath. You're free from the law. Well, isn't Yeshua the Torah? Isn't Yeshua the law? All right, I'll move on. That was not my introduction. <laughs> Shannon, how do I move these slides? This slide is important. Now, um, 
This is a slot of uh, a desk in the old city of Yerushalayim, of Jerusalem. I lived there for 10 years. And um, this scribe is a beautiful, beautiful person, and the Hebrew is beautiful, but there's something very important sitting on that scribe's table that I want to show you about. Because we began about 10 years ago for the opening of our... Ooh, that just is a little too iffy there for me. The opening of scriptures and opening of our mysteries to share with those who are not of us, for those who have been afar off but have been brought near through the blood of Messiah, that the falling down of the wall that Ephesians 2 talks about, that didn't really occur in our world here, although it has already been done there, it didn't happen until recently. If you haven't noticed, there aren't too many Jews hanging around non-Jews, believers. There's three, four, five, six, seven, <laughs> maybe a few more. And we've just walked into the era of the one new man, where Jew and Gentile come together in an exchange of our treasures. One of the greatest treasures that we have to share with you is the magnificence of Shabbat. It is a treasure. It is a secret. It is a mystery. It is something that we have guarded and some even given their lives for. In, the, in between the Testaments, between what you call the Old Testament and you call the New Testament, which it was never called that until 300 some odd years after Yeshua rose from the dead and a council got together and said, oh my God, if the people read the book of Tom, the Gospel of Thomas, if they read the books, the four books of Enoch, they're going to never need a system. We're never going to make money off of them. We're never going to be able to control them. We're never going to be able to create palaces and us rule and reign in power hierarchy positions over the people. We've got to take that book out and this book out and this out and this out and this out. We've got to add this in and this in and this in and then put it in a whole other language called Latin. Because, oh my God, if they saw what it really says, Shira Shirim, if they read the Song of Songs in Hebrew, every single person who believes in Messiah would have such a love affair that we would have already been thousands of years into the millennial reign. I mean, really. That book will rapture you, turn you inside out, and then make you wonder if maybe things in our culture aren't a little messed up. Look, everybody take a breath. The Bible you have is a good Bible. But it's important for your maturity to understand that the greatest fear that darkness ever had is that you would know these mysteries. And so on these, this phylactery here, you know the little box they wear between their foreheads and they wrap on their arms? It's a fulfillment of Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 9. Can you see on this phylactery here an interesting uh, P 
picture of a Hebrew letter, but it's not quite the shin. There's something else on it. It is known as a shin gadol. There's a very small group of religious Jews who are allowed to be a member of that society. They're the keepers of the secret. Now, this scribe sets it down on his table, uncovered out in the open, which is a symbolic sign of now our privates are now open to you. Here's the thing, though. You don't get to walk in and feel entitled to them any more than I get to walk into a church and feel entitled to sit on the front row. I just got invited, <laughs> which was nice. You know, I mean, it's nice. But I'm not entitled to it. It's your church. It's your community. I'm the visitor. You can have access to any mystery that you have the character to live. These are not toys. Our talits are not toys. They're not playing dress up. Our shofars are not toys. They're, they're not cheap, if you know our history. And in the one new man, we're going to so meld together that you're not going to be able to tell who's the Gentile, who's the Jew. Not because the Gentile has become a Jew and not because the Jew has become a Gentile, but because we have become conformed to the image of Yeshua. And our life becomes W-W-Y-D. You can call him Jesus. He's, he's all grown up. He doesn't suffer from self-esteem issues. But please understand his real name is what? Shua. When his mother called him to come in to eat, she didn't say, Jesus, come in here to this house. Yeshua, bol habaita. Nachon? Yeshua, come in. And so as we look at Torah, Nancy had a fabulous, her message was beautiful, wasn't it? Did it remind you of where you're headed? Did it stir the waters inside of you? And made it level the playing ground to where we are all invited into this? The magnificence of who you are? And by the way, that is one of the greatest things that's happening. That spiritual tower of Babel is falling. You know how it's falling? You're not playing the game anymore. You're not supporting it. You're seeing yourself. Here we go. Here's a big one. You're seeing yourself as an equal to the speaker. And the speaker is seeing you as an equal. That hierarchy system is falling down. So what I'm going to do, can you take a uh, block out of that Jenga tower there. Play a little game. And every time I hit one of those spiritual towers of Babel, you see it's a false system. Not the people. 
The people are doing the best they know how to walk with God. And they're just teaching what they heard from someone else. Except for the pastor of Joyland. He has the chutzpah to study the word himself. He has the chutzpah to change. He has the courage to ask the hard questions of his own self. Torah does not mean law. That is a that is a lie. Torah means this. Loving instructions from a beautiful Jewish daddy who loves you and actually knows what's best for you. Okay, he's not a Jewish daddy. Yahweh's not Jewish, but come on. <laughs> Loving instructions. Not that you have to, but if you will do this, you will have the best life physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually. I can save you a whole lot of heartache. It's like a good mama, a good daddy. That's what Torah is. It's not laws. It's not heavy. It's a privilege. I can't tell you how honored I am. And every non-religious Jew that loves the Lord will tell you this. To be nursed at the breast of Torah... As you get filled with ecstasy over the Holy Spirit, we get filled with ecstasy over the Torah with the Holy Spirit. You can see them at Sabbath tables all over Israel. Oh, say shalom, bim romav. Amen. shalom. shalom. Shalom aleinu ve'al kol Yisrael. Yaase shalom. Yaase shalom. Shalom aleinu ve'al kol Yisrael. You don't have to sing that song, but you do get to honor the Sabbath day and call it holy. You do get to rest. You get an out for doing the dishes. <laughs> and an out from making the beds. And an out from all the housework and the running and the doing. You get an out. And that may raise a thousand other questions that only the Holy Spirit should answer for you, no human. Okay, this is a new format, and I'm trying to figure out how to change my slide. I have a boy, my All right. Well, I tried, but it was another one. Yeah, I'm, yeah. Mm. Everybody needs a Shannon and a Darla. Okay, do you guys have Bibles? 
even on your phones, let's, let's do this. Will you help me with this? I need some scripture reading. Um, let's do the ones on Sabbath. Genesis 2, 1 through 3, Exodus 20, 10. And who would like to do Genesis? Listen, we're, I'm doing this the way that we would do this in Israel. And by the way, this is how Yeshua would do it. On the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 5, it says that he sat down and taught them. He sat down among them. He didn't stand in front. He didn't stand on the stage. He sat so he could make sure that there was connection and that they felt like they could have a relationship with him. That they could actually just reach over and he would and touch them and put their hand on them and just sit next to them and they could feel what absolute love felt like. What would it be when the one new man comes to a place and we do that? When we return to the community and the there was no church then. I know that they've told you that ecclesia means church. I know they've told you that. But if you look at the word church and you trace it all the way back to its origin, do you know what the word is? You can look it up in Webster. It's a word for circus. Don't trust me. Look it up. Church went to Kirk. Kirk went to Cirque, who was a Greek goddess, and Cirque goes to circus. That's the etymology. Now listen. Yeshua did not begin the church. Yeshua brought us to community. That's why your pastor has mics and you can actually interact with him and ask him questions. Have you ever heard of that? Now, that would be a disaster in a Jewish yeshiva because you'd have 45 people and one person would ask the question and you'd have 10 interrupting trying to get over that question and ask a better question. And then you'd have 75 answers and yeah, you'd go home and like, forget it. Genesis 2, 1 through 3. Who'd like to read for me? Oh, come on, Tricia. Thank you. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished and all the hosts of them. And the seventh day, God ended his work, which he had made. And he rested on the seventh day from all his work, which he had made. Thank you very much. Exodus 20.10, right back there. You had your hand up, sweetheart. Simple, simple scriptures. All from the part of the loving instructions of a father. But the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord thy God, and it thou shalt not... It's okay if I read the King Perfect! Okay. Of course! <laughs> King Jimmy, I'll tell you a story about him later. <laughs> okay. You sound beautiful. The, the Lord thy God, and it thou shalt not do any work, thou nor thy son nor thy daughter, thy manservant, nor thy maidservant, nor thy cattle, nor thy stranger, that is within thy gates. Beautiful. Thank you so much. All right, let's go. Exodus 16, 23. Motek, bevakasha, pure. 
curriculum. And he said unto them, This is that which the Lord hath said, Tomorrow is the rest of the holy Sabbath unto the Lord. Bake that which ye will bake today, and see that ye will seethe, and that which remaineth over lay up for you to be kept until the morning. Amen. Tadobah. Yeshayahu, 56, 2 through 8. Isaiah. Oh, that's got lots of scriptures in it. Come on. Oh, this is a good one. You guys ready for this? Now, sweetheart, as you read, I'll interrupt you. It's a very Jewish thing. We're really good at it. And I'm just giving a forewarning. So go ahead. Blessed is the man who does this, and the son of man who lays hold on it, who keeps from defiling the Sabbath and keeps his hand from doing any evil. Do not let the son of the foreigner who has joined himself to the Lord speak, saying, The Lord has utterly separated me from his people. Stop right there, please. Do not let who? The and who's the, foreigner? the foreigner? Who's the foreigner? Non-Jews, right. Don't let the non-Jews say what? Read that. But do not let. Do not let the son of the foreigner who has joined himself to the Lord speak, saying, the Lord has utterly separated me from his people. So there goes that thing about the Sabbath is for the Jews. Can you pull a Jenga block out? Somebody, Darla, go pull a Jenga block out. But don't collapse it yet. I, I, I can just see Darla taking the bottom anchor out, you know, and just saying, let's get over with it. You know, let's do this quick. Yeah, just don't. Remind me not to call on Darla next time. Okay. Keep going, love. <laughs> Nor let's. Whoosh! Slam dunk! Nor let the eunuch say, Here I am, a dry tree. For thus says the Lord to the eunuchs who keep my Sabbath and choose what pleases me and hold fast my covenant, even to them I will give in my house and within my walls a place and a name better than that of sons and daughters. I will give them an everlasting name that shall not be cut off. Also, the sons of the foreigners who join themselves to Let, the Lord... Stop right there. Who is he talking to? If you're a Gentile, say me. Me. Well, that took chutzpah. <laughs> Okay. Also to the sons of the foreigner who join themselves to the Lord to serve him and to love the name of the Lord. Whoa, stop right there. To love the name of the Lord. What's his name? Yahweh. To love his name. Okay. To be his servants. Everyone who keeps from defiling the Sabbath and holds fast my covenant even them I will bring to my holy mountain and make them joyful in my house of prayer. Whoa, stop. Anybody struggling with joy in their lives? I suggest that you go to the Holy Spirit. You confess your many, many sins for not honoring the Sabbath day and ask him, how would you like for you and I to begin to celebrate the Sabbath? And you just see if the living being of joy doesn't open his hands to you. Mm -hmm. 
Okay, you're doing so good. <laughs> their burnt offerings and their sacrifices will be accepted on my altar. Stop right there. How many of you have ever felt like your offerings are just a rote thing that you haven't felt like, you don't have to raise your hand, but you haven't felt like you've seen a return or like it hasn't moved things in your life. It, that the offerings that you've given, you're still at the same place and you're, you understand the laws of giving and receiving, but you're still stuck. Consider challenging your theology and asking the Holy Spirit how he would like for you to keep that commandment, honoring the Sabbath day. Are you okay? Yeah. It's probably, you know, maybe we should have had, uh, well, you're not a light speaker. and Definitely not you. <laughs> we should have had someone who uh, could deliver this maybe more softly, but we're out of time for, for playing around, you know? We're just out of time for that. And if there's offense, let me tell you, that's okay too. All you have to do is pull up the pants and climb over it. You know, I mean, it's okay if it rattles your cage because you haven't been taught that. It's okay. Just scream and change. Cry your tears. By the way, who's the one? Don't forget where you are. Who's the one who taught that we do not have to follow the Sabbath day anymore? Constantine. So are you conformed to Yeshua who kept the Sabbath? Or are you conformed to Constantine? Whose image are you bearing by your lifestyle? Really got to look at that because, listen, all, everything that Nancy Cohen has spent her life convincing the believers of, this limitless access that is we're just right there. If you will trade on the trading floors some of your theology that is not from heaven and cross over, you will activate the life of Yeshua within you with such glory and you will begin to change change to look more like him and he'll have something to arc with come on that's right do you remember where you were for my house shall be called a house of prayer stop right there <laughs> now do you remember when Yeshua said that what was going on do you understand that he said that to them because they weren't keeping the sabbath I mean, that's what the scripture, he was quoting Isaiah. Okay, you're almost there. <laughs> for my house should be called a house of prayer for all nations. The Lord God who gathers the outcasts of Israel says, yet I will gather to him others besides those who are gathered to him. Amen. So when Yeshua cried, on that road into Yerushalayim, that beautiful road that faces Sha'ar Zahav, the Golden Gate, and said, oh, that he wished he could have gathered us unto him. He wasn't just speaking about the Jews in Israel. He was speaking about all Israel. Do you know what the name of the one new man is? Israel. Not Jewish. Israel. All right, uh, we finished, didn't we? 
Well done. All right, let's go to Kim. We better go to Mark because I know how some people are. Got to have the New Testament, and we should. Let me just say this. The Torah is the head. The New Testament is the crown. A crown is fabulous, but if a crown isn't set on a head, it's just something pretty and wonderful. But when you put the crown on the head, you've got the complete package right there. That's why in the New Testament, there are only 10 pages that don't have a direct or partial quote from what is being called the Old Testament. Yeah, only 10 pages. The old is the new and the new is the old. It's one, just like us. We've always been part of each other. We just had some bad theology that kept us apart. Okay, last one, please, Mark. Then he said to them, Shabbat was made for mankind, not mankind for Shabbat. Shabbat was made for who? Thank you for reading. Does that mean you? It's a gift to you. Why is that? You know, in Israel, when Shabbat comes in, the frequency, especially in Jerusalem and Jerusalem, changes. It becomes a wedding celebration. Everybody dresses up. Everybody comes to the house for a meal. They go to synagogue, maybe, or they come to the hotel, though. You know it maybe as a wailing wall. And there's dancing. And they're singing. The men come in dancing arm in arm. How many of you have seen that? Yeah. It's spectacular. And do you know what they're singing? Bohem l'shalom Malachi shalom Malachi elion Blessing the angels that are descending upon the people and the nation, attending the wedding, attending the ceremony of intimacy, of locking us inside of the Father for to receive a special gift created just for us for that Sabbath. And so we sing that that song of welcoming the ministering angels to come in and to begin. Trust me, they do. (laughs) And the table is set. And we eat a lavish meal. And we talk about our week. This is the best part. And for 24 hours, no problems exist. There's no fighting. There's no, uh, let's, have, let's get together and work it out. I was mad at you early in the week, and now we've got the weekend to work it out together and just be together. You don't even mention it. It doesn't even exist. It doesn't exist with the children. It doesn't exist with friends, with parents, with husband and wife. It, there is no problem. There's no problem with your finances. 
It doesn't exist because we're in the realm of Sabbath union, of the greatest earthly intimacy that Yahweh could create as a bridal gift to us that we get to reenact every Shabbat. Up until Shabbat, from Thursday till Friday, any unfinished business in the family is taken care of. If there was an argument, they work it out, or they make an agreement to just let it go. So there's never a carryover into the next week of problems during that week. There is no unfinished business. Now, if you've ever been in the room where Jews are having a discussion, it doesn't look pretty. It doesn't. We're just ourselves. And we will wrestle until we come to the place where we can either let it go or there's understanding. No one, you don't get to walk out of the room. Here's the thing that's been the hardest thing for me to navigate is conflict outside of the Jewish world. In the Jewish world, here's the thing. If we have covenant, we show up to work it out. And if it takes two years, it takes two years. If it takes five years, it takes five years. There's a commitment that you have always have security in covenant. That's why in our congregation in over 25 years, there's not been one divorce. Not one. And we have lots of marriages and lots of babies. We show up to work it out. What would that be like in the one new man if we were Sabbath keepers? And we spent the week together and I was in the bathroom 30 minutes longer than I said I would be. And now you're behind time. And you have to get to the conference. And you want to be there. You've waited six months to come to this conference, but I made you late. And instead of carrying that and letting it sit on the inside, you could say to me, you said I'm a little frustrated here. I need to get in the bathroom. And I say, oh, okay, I'm sorry. It's done and it's over. Yeah. I'm going to change the time. <laughs> <laughs> what if we had a culture that when there was a problem, we had the security that we could come together and work it out? so we have the sabbath as a standard in our lives that sabbath says you've got six days do anything you want work as hard as you want but when you come to the sabbath that's our day together and so the things that would take your energy working on problems that takes your energy i know what takes mine let me tell you working on uh, house cleaning or things like that take your energy All that energy then is between you and the Lord and with you and your spouse or with your covenant friendships. What would our lives look like if we lived that? What would it be like if every week you got something from Yahweh that you know was made just for you? Just 
because he so loves you and knows you. And he created this thing all week long. He worked on this. What she's going to need. He's sitting with Yeshua. Oh, she's going to love this. Let's do this. Oh, no, let's, let's change the circumstances so that when she wakes up in the morning, it's kind of like, boo, here we are. You know. I mean, <laughs> things like that. But they're so personal. And here's the key. Here's the bottom line. It fills you emotionally with a heart of love that is overwhelming and a river of living water so that all week long you can move in and out of that well that's been completely filled up so it only needs to be topped off during the week. As mature people... We have got to move from living in this to living in this. Back to our hearts. But we have to have our hearts filled with love. Now, I've come to understand that in the Greco-Roman world, that emotions are devalued. That love is seen can be seen as a weakness. Or admitting how you feel can be seen as a weakness. And it's true that people can take that and take that to the nth degree but within healthy boundaries we must return to the place of when we came to faith in Yeshua where he filled our heart with love it wasn't his theology that won us it wasn't his his rules and regulations that won us it was his love amen that's right well the sabbath does that for us because we rest and we give him our energy, our attention, our affection. So that I have affection to give all week long. So that I'm not sitting there dried up, pruned, you know, hoping to God someone would tell me something nice and give me a hug. No, I have the extra and now I have it to give. Now, here's something that I've seen happen that you're not really Christians, you're believers. I don't mean that in a bad way. I just mean that authentically. You're not Constantinians. You believe in, you love Yeshua. You are Yeshua's people. The worst thing to do would be to go home and tell everybody, eh, canceling everything on Saturday. Kids, you're not going to get to do anything fun. Mama has, has upgraded her belief system this week. Mama found a light. It's called the Sabbath. Now everybody shut up. <laughs> or shuck it. Stay in your rooms. Leave me alone. I'm going to Sabbath. That's not how it works. It is making it something beautiful for your family. So if you're here and your spouse isn't, please don't go home and try to Tell them the fir- probably one of the first things they would say is, I'm not coming under the law. But the Sabbath is not a law, it's a gift. All right. Is everybody okay? Lord, I hope so. Huh? Darla, would you come here? And don't touch the Jenga. Could you just say that? Shannon, do you have a. Yeah, it's absolutely right. It's an important point. No, you're the one who said it. You say it. It's not me that said it. You said it. 
I mean, I know it's there, but hey, you said it, so, you know. Oh, no, I, I'll, I, the sun isn't set yet. I'll get you. I just said the Sabbath was given before the law was given. The Sabbath came in Genesis chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. The law came in Exodus chapter 20. Thanks, good to her. All right, let's go to this slide. Shabbat is for all believers. Okay, I still need some Bible readers. Matthew 19, please, verse 17. And John 14, 15, and then somebody really, really brave, take that one in Isaiah. Okay, you guys can take it. Your Sabbath keepers, I can see that. You have Yeshua on your shirt. Right here. I wish I knew I, your name. I know you, but I, yeah, sorry. No, that's for Isaiah. I need someone to read Matthew nineteen seventeen. Sorry, Shannon. Onlineers, I hope you're okay. Are you alive over there? Waving at you, blessing you. Why ask me a about what is good, Jesus replied. There is only one who is good. But to answer your question, if you want to receive eternal life, keep the commandments. What? Nine of them. Nine of them. Okay, just saying. All right. John 14, 15. Keep, can, can you read that? Or someone, is someone else? Yeah, just read John 14, 15. Keep the commandments. Wonder what commandments he's talking about. If you love me, obey my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He's the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you. Fabulous. Thank you. All right, Isaiah 58. 13 and 14. Ooh. I'm beautiful yet. Read it in Korean. Loma Vina Korean. Mazeg. Okay. If you want to read it in Korean, I'll read it in English. Why, why don't she read the Korean? I read the English. Hello, Melo. Negamanil 내 조상 야곱의 유산으로 너를 먹이리라 주의 입이 그것을 말하였느니라. Thank you. If you if you hold back your foot on Shabbat from pursuing your own interests. Oh, sorry. Excuse me. Pardon me. Stop right there. Everybody see that scripture? Now, the good news is that he just told us that in a few chapters before that applied to all the foreigners too. So, could you read that line again? Sure. If you hold back your foot on Shabbat from pursuing your own interest on my holy day, if you call Shabbat a delight... Stop I'd... right there, sorry. 
If you call Shabbat, what? <laughs> Not a burden. Listen, when we have the trading floors, you should trade out of your concepts about Shabbat if they have been less than calling her a delight. Trade out of it and trade in. Trade out and trade in. I don't just trade out. I'm, I'm one of these super radical people. I have to be to live the life. I Listen, I have to be super radical to have left my beautiful Jewish religious life to be here. Okay, it was a little boring. It was a little religious. Okay, all right, whatever. But we have to have radical passion for Yahweh in this era. What was was wonderful. What was was beautiful. It was like a mother who raised us and taught us. But now we are adults. Now we are responsible. And now we must put away everything that we learned from wonderful, beautiful people who did their best to teach us, but had nothing to do with the theology of heaven. Amen. Call the Sabbath a delight. Okay. Adonai is holy day worth honoring. Then honor it by not doing your usual things or pursuing your interest or speaking about them. Oh, sorry. Stop. Woo. You know, um, I love revelation. But if we can't do the simplest, most plain thing that says right here, then... Yeah, revelations are wonderful, but revelations should, should sit on top or the step into the word. But we have to do the plain word, right? The simple word. And that's pretty simple. Did you see what he said? Read that part again. I'm sorry. I'm pushing you on purpose. <laughs> Adonai's holy day worth honoring. Then honor it by not doing your usual things or pursuing your interest or speaking about them. honor the Lord in everything you do don't follow your own desires or talk idly if you do this the Lord will be your delight and he says this I will give you great honor and give you your full share of your inheritance that I promised to Yaakov your ancestors I Yahweh have spoken listen Nancy taught with all of her being today that our inheritance is right here. Right here. All of us would not give to our children who are irresponsible their full inheritance. We would wait until they were able to bear the responsibility for it. Or we might give them a little and see how they do and then give them a little more and see how they do. Well, that's what we've had. We've had a little bit here and a little bit here. But what about our full inheritance? Come back to Shabbat. Come back to the Lord. Be conformed to his image. And do it by the spirit. Not by the letter of the laws, not by the pastors, not by Yana, not by the rabbis, not by anybody. But by the one who loves you and leads us and guides us into whole, all truth. Amen? Amen? Are you guys still okay? Yes. Lord, I hope so. <laughs> Rabbi Abba, Shabbat is like, 
into inviting, I, who wrote this? <laughs> it's like inviting a guest to your home where the table is set and the house is in order with a beautiful meal so that you can honor the revered guest. That's what Rabbi Abba said. Who's a revered guest at Shabbat? Yeshua. We're not sh keeping Shabbat apart from Yeshua. He's inviting you to Shabbat with him. And let me just tell you, this has been happening. I've watched it living in Yerushalayim. All over the world, they are returning. This is from an aborigine. And we were, huh? One of Nancy Cohen's friends. And this is in Jerusalem from all over the world. They're returning. They're returning. You know, the part of the Tanakh, the, what is called the Old Testament that hasn't been fulfilled is this part. The regathering of the outcast of Israel and bringing us home. Now, home for us is Israel. But home for us first has to be with each other inside of Yeshua. We belong. You belong. The Shabbat table has a seat with your name on it. And for some of you, it's been vacant. And every Shabbat, Yeshua is there looking to see if you're in your seat. Wanting to share that intimate candlelight. Do you know that's where the candlelight dinner came from? You know, the romantic thing you do when... The fire's gone and you need the fire and you want the fire and you're hoping for the fire. <laughs> well, it is Shabbat. Okay. Let me just show you what Shabbat means in Paleo-Hebrew. Shin, double baits, and a tab. The shin is to consume in order to destroy any issues that are in you, any problems that are in you, any interpersonal issues, any relational issues, any lack in your life. And to do that so that your household and your family, and once again, a double uh, letter, a double statement is a huge thing, so that your household and your family can prove and show the sign and bear the sign of the covenant. Amen. I love that. Another way to say it, Shabbat means a sign of the covenant that protects the family, the household, and the house by consuming and destroying all negative forces. Amen. And if you're thinking in your mind, well, what does sitting down at the table and eating a meal do? Well, nothing. It will do nothing if you leave Yeshua out of it. If you bring him into it and you seek the Holy Spirit, you will find but there's more to it than you ever imagined. Shabbat Gematria. The Gematria is the number system that we use. Each letter in Hebrew has a number uh, with it. One of my favorite Bibles is a Bible that's just numbers. No letters. That don't mess you up. You'll never come out of the cave from studying. <laughs> the covenants of Yahweh, Avraham, Yitzhak, Yaakov, Yeshua, Yahweh, and the Ruach HaKodesh. In other words, the covenants. Okay? Number two is balance between Yahweh and man 
and man with man. Balance between, and again, the same thing between Yahweh and man and man with man. 400 for the coming plan of Yahweh, especially through the women. Not only through the women, but women are here for birthing. And I can tell you in this new era, the women are birthing the plan. I'm not saying the women are carrying out the plan, but we are birthing the plan. That all of us, because we won't be able, well, male and female will carry out the plan. But the women will birth it because we've always birthed it. That's why Yeshua was birthed through a woman. <laughs> I mean, Yahweh could have just gone here, son, and tied him up in one you know, little thing and just dropped him into the earth. You know, he didn't have to do that. He birthed him. I love this statement that said, if a woman can birth the Messiah, how come she can't preach about him? I went, now I like that lady. But I've never been told I couldn't, so. So Shabbat means the covenants of Yahweh that brings balance between Yahweh and man and man with man that will bring about the coming plan of Yahweh on earth. The one new man calls the Sabbath a delight. You know, Yeshua said this, take my yoke upon you. It is a yoke. But my burden is light. John 14, 15, we just read that. If you love me, you will keep my commands. Now, when John was writing that, what Bible were they using? There was only one because they hadn't written the book of John yet. Or Matthew, Mark, or Luke, or Philippians, or all those others, right? Paul wasn't even converted yet. (laughs) Well, he was on his way. I'm sorry. When that scripture was written, Paul was converted. Yeah. That includes the commandment to keep the Sabbath. Yeah. On Shabbat, there is completion of what was and an opening and a beginning of what is. There is rest so that there can be renewal. There can be no refreshing without rest. There can be no beginning without an end. And let me say this. How you end something is how you begin it. And so tonight, Darla and I, um, either together or privately, I'm getting good at doing it privately because I've been in this world, you know. We will review our week. We'll make amends with Yahweh. We'll own our stuff. Um, By now, I've already had some uh, texting and one phone call with someone to make sure things were okay. But we will make sure that we end the week right so that we can begin it right. And I'm not carrying over unfinished business. That's called emotional well-being. If you want to be renewed, rest. All right. On Shabbat, there's affirmation, there's healing, and there's restoration. When you let your body rest, I'll be talking a lot about energy this week, and particularly the science of it. I'm I'm really eager on the next two messages to be sharing with you about some very uh, interesting issues of energy and how energy affects the body, which affects the spirit, which affects our understanding of, of walking with Yahweh. But there's a new way in the world for healing.
There's a new way in for believers in healing. It's not what we used to do. There's a new way. And that's awesome. And it works. And for, of course, restoration. Are you okay still? This is someone who's like uh, my daughter. I adore her. I have another daughter here, Marisabel, right back there. Uh, Shabbat is a day of covenant, renewal of love and devotion to Yahweh and each other. Love that picture. We're at the coattail there. Bread is the symbol. Why do we eat bread? It's the symbol of Yahweh's provision and desire to live within us. So you see the bread is called challah. It's braided bread. One of those sides is you and the other side is him. And he's saying, I don't want to just be beside you and be your friend this week. As you take and eat me, who is the bread of life, I am going to multiply that into you and feed you from the inside out this week, all week long. And so here's the thing in the biblical way of life. We didn't talk about it. We just do it. That is one of the biggest differences. We don't use a lot of words. We just did stuff. And that's why we eat the challah bread. We don't just want a friendship. We want intimacy. Him in us. And we need a renewal of that. Otherwise, it just becomes an intellectual thing that we know. We need to experience Him over and over and over, filling our hearts filling our lives with all that he is. And then we take the cup of wine. Wine, we use wine so that a vow that's made is sealed in the courts of heaven. In Israel, when you get married, you stand under a chuppah. The man makes all the vows, by the way. The woman just says, Betha, can. No, she didn't say that. (laughs) She says, okay or yes. That's her vow. And um, the blessings are given, but they're not considered in heavenly courts married until they drink the wine. Because the wine then seals that vow, which can never be undone, except in the threat of death or, you know, physical harm. I mean, let's be reasonable here. And so we take the wine. It's called kiddush. It comes from the word of to do something that is holy and that when we do it, it it opens our heart to experience holiness. And that wine becomes a seal that of all gods that exist, and there are a whole bunch of them, I'm choosing you again. Not just as my master, not just as my Baal. Baal doesn't just mean, Baal means a husband in, in Hebrew, by the way but as my most intimate love that I could ever experience. And we take that and we seal that vow. That's why Yeshua drank that wine before he went to the cross so that his promise to all of humanity would stand forever in the courts of heaven. Oh, Rabbi Abba again. Keeping Shabbat is equal to the entire Torah and one who observes Shabbat as though he observed the whole Torah. That makes it easy for you. Here's the bottom line. It's all about Yeshua. It's all about, you can say Yeshua. That's the anglicized version of Yeshua. It's all about Him. It's not about doing another thing you got to do. It's not about throwing the towel in on anything else. It is about Him. 
And I want you to understand tonight that if you have the chutzpah to cross into the world of the one new man at a whole new level, that you will begin to consider Shabbat. Maybe on Friday nights you'll just have a beautiful meal with your love or with your friends. Maybe on Friday night you'll just turn on some worship music with you and the Lord for just a little bit of time. Maybe on Saturday uh, you'll stay home by yourself and you'll have some private time. Just, just you and the Lord. Turn the phone off. Maybe you would even do something radical like turn off the TV <laughs> so that it doesn't tell the vision for you for that day. And maybe you would experience for yourself the personal love gift that he spent the whole week creating just for you. Yahweh is so jealous over this one new man that he will push and pull and shine a spotlight on anything that stands between you and him. He is so jealous for you. He has fought every system. He's fought every enemy. He's fought every family member. He's fought every system. He's, he's, he's pushed back everything in every way. He's constantly reaching and pulling us deeper and deeper into him. I'm going to say something here. Some of you aren't married for that very reason. But you can get married. I have 100% success as matchmaker. I do. If you want to get married and you're not married, first of all, guys, come talk to me. I'll help you. And I've got a list of women that are godly. Bring me your financials. <laughs> I already looked at yours, James. It's good to go. <laughs> James has a beautiful son that's courting one of our beautiful girls, and we'll see how that turns out. Thank you for letting me just be real with you. Thank you for letting me drive home. I had one shot, just one shot, to drive this home, to do my best to call you to a higher way, a better path, a path that will open doors for you between you and the Lord. It will take you out of what was to help move you more into what is so that we can step into the realm of our full inheritance. We can step into the realm of joy. We can step into the realm of limitless access. Here's the thing. I'll say this in closing, and then we're going to have a time of taking the bread and the wine. There's a law in the world, one of the major laws of physics that says, that which is like unto itself is strong. Yahweh is looking for the one who is like him so that he can merge so deeply into that one that you can't tell who is who anymore. Sabbath 
is a requirement for those people. Every woman, when she gets married, comes into her husband's home. We are the bride. I know there's teaching out there about that. It may be true, it may not. It doesn't matter. I feel, I know, I've spent my life in wedding vows to the Lord. I know who I am. And I'm coming more and more into my husband's home. That means I'm taking on his name. I'm taking on his culture. I'm taking on his ways. My joy is to submit to him in love so that I can reflect his majesty into the world. And he loves Shabbat. And he loves you. Amen. 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 Amen.